The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain its produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones. But they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's great joy to be with you again this week. Father Vandeval is on the mend. He's getting better. He feels better. Um, Not quite 100% yet. And uh, so he wanted me to pass along his prayers for you and thank you for your prayers for him in his continued recovery. So this parable always reminds me of kind of my own pettiness in my youth. Sometimes not just in my youth, but in my youth. And uh, I remember when I was a cadet at the military academy at West Point. And, and I had, you know, we, we have people from all over the country there. And I have a couple of friends who grew up close by in New Jersey. And, you know, it wasn't very far. And we had a free weekend coming up. And I asked my friend, what are you doing this weekend? And he says, oh, I'm going home because my mom wants to take me clothes shopping. 
And I remember just thinking, like, your mom's taking you clothes shopping? Like, how old are you? What's your prop? Like, what? What? And I just got really agitated, kind of, kind of like angry. Then a few years later, I'm in the seminary. I went to the seminary at about 25 and had served in the military for a few years beforehand. And, and, uh, and there's some other seminarians that are, you know, they're a bit younger, but, but still we're adults, you know, like we're 18 or whatever, at least. And, uh, and then this was, this was this one seminarian and his mom, like every single week, would come pick up his laundry, go home and do his laundry, and then bring his laundry. And I used to get so angry about that. Like, what the heck? How are you going to be a priest someday? Like, you can't even do your own laundry. Now, years later, looking back at that, I realized I was only angry because I wanted my mom to do my laundry. <laughs> you know, and I didn't, they had something I didn't have which kind of agitated my heart because they had something I didn't have. And that's pretty common. It's a pretty common dynamic. Sometimes we do. We get angry at other people's talents sometimes. And when somebody's more talented than us at anything, there's an opportunity to make a choice. We have a choice. We can either admire that person or... We can sort of get jealous, be reminded of what we're, what we're not, and want to tear that person down. And I think in the parable, like, that's what comes to mind is these tenants who had leased the vineyard. When the servants of the landowner come, they have this jealousy of their privilege or their favor that they have with the owner. And so they want to kill them. And even more so when the sun comes, oh, this is the heir. This is the one that's going to inherit everything. So we should kill him and take his inheritance. And we should kill him and take his inheritance. And this is what our Lord is trying to get across to the chief priests and the elders of the people. And whenever our Lord is preaching to the chief priests and the elders of the people, he's always trying to change their hearts. He always wants to bring about conversion in their life. And he's trying to point out to them, like, this is your mistake. And I'm trying to help you. But if you continue to reject me, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. And the chief priests and the elders, they're threatened by our Lord because our Lord has something that they don't have. He has this relationship with God that they don't understand. And he talks about 
this intimacy with God that they don't have. And rather than admiring that, they want to kill him. And the point that they miss out on is that when we come face to face with our Lord, he has something that we don't have because he is the son of God, but he's invited us to have what he has. Rather than saying, oh, I don't have that. I want to get away from him. He's saying, like, you can have this too. When he appears to Mary Magdalene after the resurrection, he says, go to my disciples and tell them I am ascending to my father and your father. To my God and your God. You have the same father. And everything that our Lord speaks about. Whoever sees me sees the Father. I only do what I see the Father doing. Don't you know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The Father and I are one. That's what he wants to give to us. And that's what he wants us to have. That's what we all received when we were baptized. It's what is renewed every time we receive the Eucharist. It's what happens every time we go to confession is we're transformed into his sons and daughters. And yet in our day-to-day lives, we're all in danger of losing that. And sometimes we just lose it in small ways. Sometimes we just lose it when jealousy takes over. But we lose it every time we take our eyes off of our Lord and what our Lord is doing. And in our own time, we live in this period of extreme division. Political division, social division, division within the church, division within the community, division within our families. And that division is simply the result of looking at another person and they believe something I don't believe or they see things a way I don't see them or they have something I don't have and we want to kill them. We want to get rid of them or we want to cancel them. And every time that happens, we're taking our eyes off of our Lord. And we're looking to something else. Or we're taking our eyes off of our Lord and we're looking for someone else to save us besides him. And in many ways, the prophecy of Isaiah from the first reading is is true in our own times that that the Lord planted a vineyard that was meant to bear good fruits and instead it's bearing wild grapes. When that happens in our own hearts, there's a consequence to that. The consequence is always 
that it fails and the prophecy of the vineyard is overgrown. In our own lives, when we take our eyes off our Lord, the vineyard of our heart is overgrown and we just become angry and lonely and isolated and grumpy all the time. We lack joy. But the promise of our Lord is that he wants to renew it. And the good news is that we continue to have that opportunity to be transformed by him every single day. And what we need within our communities, within our parishes, within our, with our, in our country is a light that shines in the darkness. What we need is the transformation that comes from our Lord. That brings unity and peace. Where there was once division and fear. And so today in a particular way, let us pray that our Lord brings that unity and peace to our own hearts. That we never take our eyes off of him. that we remember that he's the Lord of our lives and he's the Lord of our history. And in a particular way, we pray that we may come to grow into more and more each day our identity as his beloved sons, as his beloved daughters. And that we may be instruments of his grace, his love, and mercy in the lives of the people that we encounter.